nerds. It's been, ooh, it's been a minute. I just looked it up. Give me one second. <laughs> it's been, oh my God, since April 21st. That was the last time you heard my voice. This is the last time you heard a podcast on this feed. This is the Bounty Board feed. It's a Bounty Board episode. And unlike previous episodes, I'm doing this one solo. And I think I've maybe done this once with, like, the holiday guide. I read through some, like, deals in 2019. It was riveting. Um, but some people listen to that. So, you know, different strokes, different folks. Some people are interested in things that other people aren't. If I hope you're interested in listening to me talk alone, because that's what this is going to be. Um, it's been a month and a half. The last podcast we put up was uh, with Adrian Buskey. We talked about storytelling and games and shared, you know, some of our favorites. And I had plans to kind of do a series in Bounty Board that focused on storytelling and games, and I haven't been able to really nail that down. It's been an interesting couple of months, so I wanted to record, you know, partially to, <clears throat> excuse me, partially to give people, like, a, a heads up. I'm shaking my head. That's a weird way to say that. Like, nothing's coming. Um, it's more just a way to give you guys, like, a, hey, this is what's been going on. Because um, I know people like to listen to this podcast, and. And then, uh, yeah, it's been a minute. And with the, right before the big break, there were some pretty good guests. We had Eric back for an episode about Outriders, and that was dope. We had Adrian come on, who uh, hosts his own podcast, the Geekly. But not Geekly? Not Geekly. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no. Fictitious. The Fictitious podcast. Fictitious pod on uh, Twitter. Um, to talk about story, as I just said a few minutes ago. And then right before those both, I had... Um, Andrew Dent Dentenstein on to talk about Blazeball and its weird, quirky weirdness. And before that, the biggest interview I think I've ever done, I had Rami Ismail on. And when I tell y'all that like Cloud Nine's a place, after that recording, I was there. Uh, talking to Rami was an absolute blast, and I wanted to you know kind of turn Bounty Board into a show full of interviews, right? A place where people can. Come and listen to people talk about games that are making games. And that's difficult, I've realized. So I guess, I guess getting, in, getting right into what's been going on, um, we decided to, as a group, kind of separate, or not separate, but uh, rearrange um, where people were on podcasts. So Bounty Board, um, I was coming up with topics every week, and that was kind of difficult because sometimes those topics wouldn't be what people were into. And so that would lead to some like hollow points and conversations and podcasts. So what we ended up doing, as you've noticed over the last couple of months, is we moved uh, Ryan over into the Nerdy Bitch show. And so we all do that now every other week. And we talk about basically everything, whether it's video games or, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> God, video games or TV shows or movies or whatever. Um, we've talked about the Ninja Turtles franchise. We've talked about the Alien franchise most recently this week, uh, last week's episode. Um, we have done Godzilla and King Kong and Mortal Kombat, all sorts of shit. And that's great. I love it. But Bounty Board was uh, was my was my baby. It was my favorite thing. It was my, you know, I want I like talking about games. This website started because I wanted a place to talk about games. And so not having a place to talk about games with all my friends kind of impacted me pretty severely. 
over the last couple months. Um, as you know, um, if you've been listening, or if not, you can look at the number of episodes. This has been going on for almost three years. Like we're 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 butting up against the three year mark right now. Um, with you know, with E three coming up, and that's kind of why I wanted to record this. Is that like at the three year mark, we're at one hundred and thirty five episodes if you count this one. And that's a lot. Um, so it it means a lot to me, and I really really enjoy talking about video games, especially you know as they come out, especially as my my friends and I play them, and I haven't had that for a couple months, and it kind of fucking blows. And so on top of that being a huge bummer, it also turns out that, you know, getting interviews or getting people to be interested in interviewing uh, is a little more difficult when you're not as big a, as big an outlet. And I'm not, again, I'm not complaining. I'm not like, I didn't expect it to be easy. Um, Just, I didn't expect it to be difficult on top of kind of dealing with bounty board no longer being a priority for a lot of people. and I, I mean that's fine. People's uh, people's motivations change. People's uh, moods change. That's fine. Bounty board is still a big priority for me, and I'm kind of recording this as a as a motivation to myself to like, hey, you liked this. You really want to do this. You should get back into. It. You should not get back into, but you should actually, um, you know, follow through. And I I caution against even saying follow through because that gives me the it gives the connotation that like I've been like just not not following through. And that's not really the case. The last couple of weeks have been a lot with uh, in-laws moving and and watching the kids and dealing with a bunch of stuff at home in terms of like moving around and reorganizing and cleaning before the summer. The four-year-old's in preschool now, and that's a whole different fucking thing. Uh, the, The youngest is five months old now, so he's trying to figure out how to sleep through the night, and we're trying to figure out how to get him to sleep through the night. So it just like... As the transition happened between everybody being here and then everybody doing Nerdy Bits show and Bounty Board being its own thing, a lot of stuff has happened. And in that time, like, to be completely honest, like, not having Bounty Board, excuse me, not having Bounty Board, not having um, a place to talk about games, not having a lot of things that I kind of counted as normalcy uh, impacted me mentally. So for the last few months, I've been kind of in the shit mentally. Um, and it's weird. It's hard to kind of, it's hard to grasp because you don't really realize that something's super important to your like mental happiness until it's gone, I guess. And that even still sounds a little like, if not vague, a little like exaggerative, like, oh, isn't that big a deal, dude? But like, come to find out it turns out it it was um and there were some there were some offshoot uh discouraging conversations about like what i wanted this to be and what um bounty board was planned to be and whether or not like interviews were the easy route or something like that and like this isn't a motivational podcast. I'm not hopping on to tell you like, fuck the haters, but like also fuck the haters. Like there was a lot of conversations I had over the last few months that really felt like I was having to hold up a picture of myself so that other people could see what they wanted to see. So that other people could be like, yeah, that's what I wanted you to do. Thanks for doing it. Now I feel better about what I thought about you. And that's weird. 
and, and uncomfortable and not something that I that anybody should or does ask for. Um, but that kind of kicked off the whole like everyone's moving. Um, and then and then it kind of kicked off the whole mental like downturn is that like we moved everything. I realized there was a gap and then these conversations came about and then I just kind of listed. I just kind of floated out in the middle of the fucking ocean. Like, well, what the fuck do I do then? Because I want people to want to listen to the podcast, but I also want to make the podcast that I want to make, not one that people think I should make. And again, that's not to say that people's input's not good. I'm not saying I'm going to do this on my own and being bullheaded and, and, and ignoring advice, but, you know, advice is interesting when it's about what you should be. Especially when you have a pretty good idea. Especially when the idea you have, you've had for a long time and it's well thought out. And then people will confront that idea with their own ideas that have, they've also had for a long time. And maybe are a little less well thought out, but are thought out. And so, yeah, I, I wanted this episode to be about, or this, this, this specific episode of Bounty Board to be about kind of just letting you into my head. I don't do that a lot. I haven't done that a lot. Especially recently, 2020 was a fucking rough year, and we're all still kind of coming back from that. And like for all these things to happen on the on the on the cusp of 2020, and have a baby on Christmas, and then like the three months of being at home with the wife and the baby that ensued, and the like lack of boundaries and lack of separate space and lack of outlets that that results in, right? I can't stay up super late because I got a little kid who's got to fucking eat or whatever. Um, you know, like, it's just been a really tough fucking five months because I had a, my, my wife and I had a baby. And because 2020 fucking sucked. And because things are changing. And when things change, that's fucking rough. So, you know, I hope that this doesn't sound like somebody complaining long form. Uh, it feels very cathartic. I'm only 10 minutes in. This feels very cathartic and I enjoy it. Um, I, 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 there's an idea I had a while ago for making nerdy or bounty board, a solo podcast because a little while ago I didn't have, you know, anybody to do it with. Um, and it seems that it may be an opportunity to look at that thought process again, but the, I'd love to do a figure out a way to make this show solo so that I could just record something and if i get a guest occasionally dope um and that's still on the table i'm still trying to figure that out i think that it's i think that's absolutely something that's possible but um i don't know like there's i don't know i just miss it i miss this i miss talking about games and i know this hasn't been talking about games so far but like i miss talking about games and um I'm going to do that regardless of whether or not I can find people that want to do that every week because I want to do it every week. So um, I guess I don't want to belabor the points that I've already made. Just know that like the last few months has been tough and I've had some really cool things happen with my son being born and uh, being able to spend a bunch of time with my wife and being able to help Jabril, a moist hammer, uh, one of the guys that I play with a lot, give him a place to stay while he's moving to St. Louis. He's been staying on my couch. That's been great. He wants to do this podcast with me. So again, it may not be solo, which is very cool. Um, 
interviewing Rami and and th- I mean there's been cool shit that's been happening but like if you don't already know when you're struggling with some mental health stuff like good stuff can happen and it doesn't matter and that sounds really shitty uh to the people that like are around you and I don't mean it negatively as in like you didn't do what you did didn't matter it's just that like understanding depression and the the mental struggle that that is is understanding that like the best things don't do anything for you anymore and that's the heartbreaking part that's the part that makes enjoying food hard and enjoying games hard and anything um so yeah like i the good things have happened and progress has been made and i love the nerdy bit show 100% i don't have any problems with it i love doing it i love that we Get to talk about stuff that's not just games. I just also need this. So I'm going to do this. So, okay, 12, 13 minutes of me talking about mental health stuff. Um, let's get into what I've been playing because that's actually like been a big list of things. Uh, even though most nights I look at my computer like, I don't want to play anything. That happens in the summer. I fucking hate it. And then the winter, it's like, there's too much to play. And for some reason, we don't remember that in the winter when we had too much to play, that we could push some of that stuff to summer. It's frustrating. Welcome to the backlog. That's the new name of Bounty Board. It's not, but it could be. Um, what have I been playing? So, like, over shit, the, it's been a minute. So, the what's the last podcast that was all of us just talking about the fucking games we've played? Because that would be a good <laughs> measuring stick to talk about things. Shit, March 5th, so months. Months, months. Uh, um, so yeah, two, two and a half, three months. No, March 5th, three months. Um, I'll just talk about the three things that have been most notable for me. So first one's a game in early access called Phantom Brigade. Um, for those of you who watched me stream recently, you may have caught me playing that a couple times. If you've listened to me talk on podcasts at all, I'm going to yawn. <sighs> Sorry. Got to get those good stretches in when you've been sitting at the desk for a long time. Um, if you watched me stream recently, you've caught it. If you've listened to me talk about games at all over time, you know that like some of my favorite games are strategy games. Uh, sorry, not specifically strategy. Uh, turn-based tactical games. So like XCOM. Completely my shit. I love both of all three of those games. Chimera Squad is one of my favorite games last year, and it shadow dropped in March. It was fucking great. Um, Massive Chalice was a game that Double Fine made years ago that like mixes XCOM with Game of Thrones. Where in between levels, instead of building a base, you're like marrying off heirs and starting families and like the sons of the previous people you fought a, a battle with. The sons and daughters of them are going to be what you fight the next battle with because battles happen every like twenty years or ten years. It's fucking wild, really dope. I love when people take little unique turns on it. Phoenix Point's a game I'm playing through right now. Um, that's made by Julian Gollop, the guy who originally made XCOM. It's on Game Pass for PC if you want to check it out. It's fucking that one is basically if you mixed a horror game with XCOM where you're fighting these like fucking evolved monsters that came out of a plague that that uh uh, impacted the world once one of the ice caps melt melted and like an ancient bacteria came out. It's fucking cool. Um, and as you move around the world, based on where you are, like the the enemies you're fighting are based on the topography. So like if you're by the ocean, it's like crab people. 
And if you're in the mountains, it's like bear people and cougar creatures. It's weird. Um, I fucking love it. And it's got boss battles, which is dope. Um, Gears Tactics is also a game I really liked and <laughs> need to get back into. Uh, because it also takes a, a unique take. It also has a unique take on turn-based in that, like, it's really fast-paced. And movement's really quick. Um, and that, like, you can shoot a lot in that game it's it's just a really interesting way to like make xcom faster and so back to the original point phoenix or bleh, phantom brigade Fa phantom brigade phoenix point gears tactics xcom i play a lot of these so phantom brigade is um is mexcom that's what i call it it's it's a it's an xcom game style game but it's with mechs and if there's one thing that you know about me outside of liking strategy games and baseball. Uh, you guys probably know a lot about me at this point. But anyway, um, the other thing is that I love fucking mech stuff. Gundam, fuck yeah. Uh, Battletech, fuck yeah. Uh, just it, Pacific Rim's the shit. You know what I mean? Like big robots with people in them. Fucking great. So not robots, mechs. Um, Phantom Brigade is a turn-based game, but it's not. I snapped. That's how into this I am. So like Phantom Brigade takes the I go and turn. You go and turn. I go formula of general turn-based strategy games. Kind of flips it on its ear a little bit. Um, because rather than giving you that specific um, transaction, your faction has developed some kind of technology that allows you to see five seconds into the future with 100% accuracy. And so what you do each turn is you have a little timeline on the bottom of the screen. Like if you edit video, uh, you've seen this. Edit video or audio, you've seen this. You can trace your cursor through it and see what's happening in that part. Um, and so you get this, 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 this timeline at the bottom that lets you trace through for the next five seconds. And you can see like a red digital representation of what the enemy is doing in exact detail. Like you see where they're going to move. You see who and when they're going to attack, and you can like even click on them and see their timeline played out. And the timeline legitimately looks like a, a, a premiere, or a uh, iMovie or a Logic, not Logic, Final Cut, like the video editing timeline. There's like blue for movement and red for attack and green for eject and yellow for guard, and they all like place up and down on this on this timeline. Um, and then you plan your actions based on what you see on that timeline. And that sounds like cheating initially, which I was afraid of. But what they do is they throw enough enemies at you that instead of it feeling like you being able to just avoid everything, you instead decide how you can best like put yourself behind a building for cover or how you might need to dash real quick with your jump jets to avoid a barrage of rockets. Or maybe in the one one amazing case with me i was able to completely accidentally maneuver myself behind an enemy mech while his teammate on the other side of him uh, a tank had shot uphill at me and so like i shot him as he crossed in front of me and then i'm thinking all right that's over and as i'm starting to rotate the camera a tank shell from across the map hits him in the back and takes his legs out fucking incredible one of the coolest moments in this game and there are many um but like Essentially, when you get done planning everything, you hit play. And instead of XCOM or any of these other games where you like 
you move and attack and then they move and attack and it's kind of it kind of breaks up the action into like little pockets of pew 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 move click pew 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 and then waiting for them to do the same thing uh instead of all that you hit play and everyone moves and everyone's shooting and there's there's tracers and explosions and lens flare and just shit all over the place destruction and it's actually incredible it's extremely cinematic you can watch it in like uh full speed uh half speed and then like quarter speed or maybe even lower so that it's super slow-mo and it's it's just great it's just great i had my last match that i played which was one of my favorites was 14 lasted 14 rounds which they normally like eight um and i was taking on like six mechs at one point with my four mechs and like four or five tanks it was just this town the the base that this was in was absolutely shelled to shit when we were done which is also something I haven't done very much. A lot of my fights, I try to keep away from towns. But if you invade a base, fuck it. I don't give a shit about blowing those buildings up. There's no people living there. Um, <laughs> there probably there definitely are. <laughs> there definitely are people that work in a military base that aren't the guys, the pilot, the mechs. But I hadn't thought about that until just now, so I'm still fine. Um, but I, I had a, a mech lose an arm. It's all based on if you if you understand mech stuff, um, it's all about like heat. And like equipment, right? What's your what's your equipment? What you what you what your loadout is? And so like heat is a big thing in this. If you fire too much, you overheat, and then you take damage over time. But the right arm is your primary weapon. The left arm is your secondary, which is biased. Uh, and then your legs and chest. Those are the four points that you can hit. Chest is if you hit someone straight on. Left and right arm based on the side. And if you hit someone from the back, it does damage to their legs. I had a mech that lost its right arm, so I couldn't fucking shoot anymore. And I was like, great, there's like five mechs to put down still, and I only have three now because this one doesn't have any weapons. And uh, his left hand had held a shield. And the game adapted and added a, an action icon on my list for me to choose that was an improvised melee. So unbeknownst to me, like my mech now had become this like floater. Essentially, this this character that I could move around as enemy mechs were deciding to engage. Uh, and I could like, cause it was one of my quick mechs too, which was extremely fortunate that also had jump jets, extremely fortunate where they would like come around a corner to engage a buddy. And I would have him dash in and then he would buckle behind his shield and then just plow over enemy mechs. Like I have a clip recorded that I'm sure I'll share on Twitter sometime soon of a guy rounding a corner to engage a friend of mine to the left and in comes this unarmed mech from the right and broadsides this mech that's about to engage my buddy and sends him careening through a fucking building. And it's so good. It's so good, y'all. Like, it's an early access. Definitely check it out. Uh, early access on the Epic Game Store. It's uh, coming to Steam. It's not there yet. Um, game's great. I love it to death. And it's got depth for days if you want. And it's also pretty easy to pick up. Like the the learning curve isn't that bad. And it's pretty nice to know exactly what your enemy's doing. So like it's like the whole game is tutorializing how you play because you start slow and learn the mechanic. And then it just gradually adds difficulty. So by the time you're like, you know, 10 hours in, you're doing a lot more complex stuff. And it's all just about like looking at and assessing what's coming and deciding the best way to deal with it. 
And that shit is so much fun to me. And if it's not fun to you, I'm sorry. I've just bored you for like eight minutes, five minutes, however long this was. Um, What else have I been playing? Played a fuck ton of uh, door kickers, which was another strategy. It's like a top-down tactical game you can play co-op. Ryan and I played that on stream for hours one day, and it's fucking great. Um, think, uh, oof, man, think Frozen Synapse or... What's the other one? Shit, what's the other one? No, it's Frozen Synapse. I'm just thinking of Frozen Synapse. Or think Rainbow Six or Due Process, but if you were top-down and you could plan everything out, draw it out on the on the screen with your mouse and keyboard, and then hit play, or just go live and tr- control it with really weird, complex controls. Ryan really likes that, that second option. I do not, but when I ask to do the planned part, he gets really salty about it. It makes sense. His gamer tag is salty, so salty sodium. Sergeant Sodium. Um, outside of that, I did get two little games that I really wanted to talk about, and I didn't... <laughs> I didn't get a chance to actually say anything about them because the last few months have been crazy. And I think I got these while I was like staying home with a kid, uh, with the kid and the wife. Um, there's a, uh, a little game from a German studio called Tukana Interactive, I think. I'm on their Discord. Let me pull it up. Yeah, Tukana, T O U K A N A Interactive, um, called Dorf Romantic, which, for those of you who don't know, Dorf is village. In German and romantic, which is just spelled the way we spell romantic, but with a K at the end because they're Germans, uh, means romance. So it's like village love. It's like town. It's like cottage core, which is a thing I've discovered recently that is kind of my shit. Um, and it's like a tile based. Ooh, how to describe this best? It's a city builder, but it's like a non confrontational city builder. Like you're not dealing with garbage or schools or police and fire departments that have to like manage your city safely. Instead, what you're dealing with is you get a stack of like 60 tiles. They're hexagonal tiles and the tiles have like either nothing on them, which you do get those Uh farmland, which is like this yellow. It looks like, looks like cheese on a cracker, like sliced cheese on a cracker, not smeared cheese. If you if you put if you put smears of cheese on your crackers and it's not like a soft warm cheese like brie, you're a fucking monster. Um, slice your cheese and be civilized. But um, <laughs> you so the the you get these tiles. One some of them have nothing on them. Uh, some of them have little farmland on them. Some of them have trees on them like forests, and then some of them have towns like buildings on them. And you can have any mixture of that on the tile. Generally, the six sides of the tile can be taken up by any one of those things. I've yet to see like a tile that's got all four. Oh, there's water ones too. Um, but, but what it does is it, it gives you a tile and say it on this hexagonal tile, you've got one side that uh, is farmland and two sides on the opposite end that are city. Well, you put that tile down on a map. That's a grid of hexagons. And then your next tile, say you've got one side of that hexagon has got forests. Well, then you put that, you have to attach it to the previous tile and you attach it where, you know, like the, the things match up. So the first tile is farm and and town and you get forest next. What you want to do is attach the forest tile in a place where the neutral part, that's not 
specialized touches the neutral part of the other one. And then from there, you get more and more tiles that allow you to connect and chain. Like you can build a forest out over several tiles. If you leave like an open edge with forest on it attached to the, to the group and you'll get like cards that you put down that have a challenge on them. Like this one needs 250 trees. Now that's not 250 tiles. It literally counts the trees on the tile. So you can build a forest out, stick that there. And by completing that challenge, you get more tiles and the game ends when you run out of tiles. It's really simple. It's really low impact. The art is adorable. I played a game a while ago called Townscaper, and coincidentally, that's why I got this. I got a code through Keymailer, um, which is like a place where you can get, I don't know why I'm going to describe what Keymailer is. They mail you keys to games. Um, <laughs> but the developer at Dorfromantic actually sent me a key for this because they'd watched me play Townscaper, which was that little game I played last year where you can like just it's got no objective inherently but to just build in the little sandbox where you can click and build buildings up and then right click and take them away and like sculpt these weird cities and towns uh it's really really great um that's a whole thing i want to talk about and i probably do a show about if i can about like my kind of creep into nonviolent games Last year, like I've played nonviolent games before, but sometime last year I kind of hit a wall with Call of Duty and was like, actually, fuck this, which a lot of people do. I don't want to sound like I don't want to found not Mike Tyson. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to act unique. That's something people do. But like it did happen to me finally. And I think that's maybe why I'm talking about it. It's like the first time I've realized it sometime in 2020 last year. I just got tired of killing shit. Like extremely tired of it so i leaned into like rocket league and uh before we leave which is another like game where you're building cities or like resource plants and things on a world until you can like leave the planet um dwarf romantic i got airborne kingdom which is like a city builder but a flying city hence airborne kingdom uh, and you fly over a map that looks like the Game of Thrones opening credits. It's very, like, toy. Like, the sides of the map have curling pages, like, coming off. Like, you're very clearly on a set of miniatures, which is great. Um, Stardew Valley took a huge chunk of my time at the beginning of lockdown last year. So I kind of went into this, like, period of what if I played games where I didn't have to kill shit? And then that evolved into, like, what if I played games where I didn't have to even really contest with like a severe set of like consequences or conditions so dwarf romantic was absolutely that um townscaper was absolutely that and so yeah dwarf romantic is really really dope i have a really great video uh, really great like vod clip on twitch of me playing dwarf romantic with my daughter charlotte it's one of my favorite things if i'm having a bad day i'll just pop that on and my mood is instantly better like instantly better it's absurd. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, check it out. It's, I think this game's also an early access. I'm pretty positive it's also an early access, but it's really good. Um, they're, like, hosting tournaments, which is interesting. Um, they're, like, there's all sorts of stuff that they're doing. Their Discord's very active and got a lot of people in it. There's a lot of people asking questions. There's a lot of features being added, and, like, they're being very attentive to their community. It's very good. Dwarf Romantic is number two and number three. And then I'll let y'all get out of here. This will be short. I'm not going to talk for the whole like 90 minutes. Don't get me wrong. I could, but I won't. 
No, um, the third one is a new new game that just came out from EA and Valen Studios, which is like some X Activision devs called Knockout City. It's a fucking dodgeball game and it rules. It's so good. It doesn't make any sense. So like think Rocket League and like ugh, dodgeball. It doesn't make I there's nothing else I can you, you can compare it to. Like you I've always thought that like a dodgeball game would be dope, but then you think about how you play dodgeball in real life and you're like, "That oh, wouldn't be dope, but fucking it, it's just two lines of people throwing shit at each other." And it's often really hard to figure out what's fucking happening. Now, Rock, uh, Rocket League, yeah. Knockout City isn't easy to tell what's happening all the time, but it takes the formula of like, I throw a ball at you, and that satisfying like, pang, that a rubber schoolyard dodgeball sounds like, you know, the ones that would you would hit people and not just hurt their face, but also hurt their spirits. Um, It's got that, that sound, it feels great, and like, Sometimes you'll hit people and you'll hear the wind like <laughs> out of their lungs. It's incredible. I love it. So <clears throat> why is this notable? It's got the style and drip of like. Ooh, what is the thing I'm thinking of? It kind of honestly, it kind of feels like it's got the, the drip of like into the spider verse. Like it's got like characters that are that are creatively proportioned. And like it kind of feels a little Fortnite-y in its character model and it's in its fidelity. It's not like photorealistic or anything like that. It's definitely going for like the cartoony vibe, but has like the sleek and slenderness of what you see in in uh into the Spider-Verse. The style is off the charts. It's like this retro futurist, right? So kind of postmodern, kind of like 1950s era space flick with like it, all the alien looking stuff is like super tin foily, not tin foily, but like aluminum, very bright silver. Um, the girl, the, 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 the feminine clothing Because I, I don't even want to say girl specifically, cause you can dress anybody in anything and make anybody look like anything. But the more feminine, like framed clothing has like rockabillies, like the rockabilly look or like sock hop attendant fucking like checkered skirts and, like button up shirts with big open lapels and sleeves rolled up and like hair that's in like a perm with big curls. Um, and then you can also make like these really cool looking cyberpunk fucking like just looks that rock. Um, it's, it's really good. It's really good. So like mechanically when you're playing this dodgeball game. So you can do it in like one V one show off or showdown, whichever one it's, it's not show off face off or showdown is what I meant. Um, one V one's really cool. It's tough. Um, because it turns into a game less about like just throwing and trying to catch people off guard and more trying to like deke and distract, which is cool. And to understand that, let me explain the game gives you, so it's dodgeball, right? You can throw dodgeballs at each other. If you hold the right trigger and let go real quick, you throw a pretty slow dodgeball, which doesn't sound useful until you realize that most of the time people are going to hold a little bit longer until it like pulses red and then it throws quicker. You can then, and this took a little bit of learning for, for some people, you can then, while holding the right trigger, hit Y and your character does an end over end like flip or B and your character pirouettes. 
And if you hit B and pirouette and let go of the right trigger while you're pirouetting, the ball comes out in curves. So instead of going straight at them, it comes out right or left, depending on where you flick the left stick while you're letting go of the right trigger after you've hit B. This sounds very complex, but once you once you like practice with it, it becomes very second nature. And then the Y button, when you're flipping, if you let go during that, you lob. And so that sounds like you're just going to like chuck it up in the air, but it's kind of like a curveball in that like it goes kind of quick and then dives down. And so if you've got someone on the other side of cover, you can like aim up, hit Y to flip and then throw and it will jump over the cover and then tuck down on the other side and hit them. Or if they're up on a ledge higher than you, you can't just throw because it'll go straight and hit the bottom of whatever they're on or the wall of whatever they're on. So you hit Y and it comes up over the lip of the rise that they're at and then just smokes them in the face. It's great. And then to add to the complexity, <clears throat> you can hit the left trigger to, to catch, which isn't too complex until you realize that if you hit the left trigger perfectly timed, then the the game adds like a, there's like a little white chevron that appears on the ball that's in your hand. That means, and it turns pink instead of red. And that when you perfectly catch it, you add speed to it. So like there is absolutely a strategy to like just getting really good at catching and just hurling balls back at people that are way faster than when they threw them at you. You can also pass between teammates and like a pass to your teammate gives them a ball at that pink level, which means that like before anything else, it makes a lot of sense to like be really communicative with your teammates. You can throw to them if they are down in a fight and don't have a ball. You can hit that left bumper, throw it to them. They get it and it's charged. And if they're close range, catching a charged ball close range is hard. And then if you learn, if you, if you, if you, why am I talking like, Jeff Goldblum. And then if you learn, um, yes, you can click the right stick and pump fake and homie pump faking, watching a guy try to do the catch animation and then just fucking pegging him in the face with the ball. Feels so good. <laughs> Especially when you're close and you pump fake and they're like, huh, and then you pang the best. It fucking rocks. Uh, so like, Knockout City's dope, and it doesn't make sense. And I don't mean it doesn't make sense in that, like, this game should be worse, but this game shouldn't be this fucking good. Right? Like, it, sh it shouldn't be this good. Like, it just came out. Th throughout the week it came out, no network issues at all. Like, there's a network error that pops up, like, every time you start, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I've never had any issues matchmaking. Matchmaking is bleeding quick because it's all cross platform. So everybody on PlayStation, Xbox and PC are playing. I don't know if it's on switch, but it's cross platform. There's really no advantage to being cross platform because I didn't mention this before, <clears throat> before when you throw, you're not like aiming, you hit the right trigger and it locks onto the person you're looking at locks period. And like, you can flick the stick to lock onto other people if they're close enough. But there's no, like, I need to aim just right to hit them. This game would be completely unplayable <laughs> if it was, it would be way too hard because people move around too quickly. Because you, like I said, you've got the flips and the pirouettes and sprints. If you hit X, you like dodge. And if you dodge at a ball that's being thrown at you, you like block it. It's dope. You can also dodge, dodge in the players and tackle them and knock the ball out of their hands and then take it and then fucking send them to detention. 
Um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I'm an idiot. So what was I talking about before I started talking about that? You've you've got this. You've got this really good game that comes out of fucking nowhere. I remember seeing some stuff for it in the in the, in the months before the previous month and a half or so, and being like, "Oh, a dodgeball game! That game! That game could be dope." And then getting a hold of it and being like, "Why does this? Why does this? Why does this work for me in every way?" There are, like I said, the style's dope. There's a ton of different ways to customize. You've got like outfits, glasses, different faces, hair, gloves, uh, hang gliders, intro animations, outro animations, loss animations, MVP animations, all these things that you can get. And they are all given to you outside of loot boxes. So like as you level up, you get something each level. And there are tiers. So after you get through the first hundred levels, you move out of the like, the, it's like a wooden panel into like a bronze panel. And then from bronze to silver, silver to gold, gold to platinum, platinum to diamond, diamond to like super, it, there's like nine. So you can level up 900 times in this and continue unlocking shit, which is dope. And then also every, every couple days or every day, the store in game refreshes and like gives you things that you could buy if you wanted to, but it's not loot. It's not loot boxes. It's just small microtransaction. Like I want that glider. Cause it looks dope. Like Ben, uh, Ben bought a, a hang glider that looks like a paper boy bicycle handlebar with a basket full of newspapers. And then the glider above it is like comic book pages. It's fucking awesome. I bought one. That's a comic book, like car. Cause you can build crews in this game. And when you land in a match with a crew, you like pull in with the crew car and so for a while the crew car was a comic book covered car with like pow bang and stuff on it and uh my my character was wearing like these shorts and a and a, and a sport not sport jacket because that is like a blazer like these shorts and like a windbreaker like a sweat jacket that also had comic book shit all over it it was dope we had a look it met it was great but this game was fucking good y'all like it's it's solid. The 3v3 is like, it's one of those games where, you know how you play Call of Duty and sometimes you just play, sometimes, most of the time we were just playing with people who only play the game. So they fucking whip ass. And you're like, cool, I can't do anything. I walked out of this room and one guy's peeking through like two boards and a wall and I can't see him. And he shot me once. I should stop playing hardcore. But still, that happens all the time. This game, because of its broken down nature of engagement right you're locking on and you can throw straight throw a loop or throw a curve that's it like it's pretty open it's pretty open like the floor is pretty low and the ceiling isn't extremely high so people that are doing stuff that's like really well planned like passing and interacting really well with each other like even that stuff is counterable right you knock one guy out and all of a sudden he can't have he doesn't have anybody to pass to you knock one person out and like then you have a teammate come in and suddenly you've got them on the defensive two on one and there are maps that have a few choke points one in particular that's got like a little rotunda in the center that i hate and people that will go in there and hold that down you just gotta knock them out of it and then engage them outside of it and keep them outside that's the thing we learned last night but even still like the maps are designed well the ball drops are designed well. Being able to pick up a friend and throw them because you can ball up yourself 
is awesome. And like if you hit somebody with a balled up teammate, like it's an insta kill, you get two hearts in this game. So you can get hit twice. But if you get hit by another thrown player, you're done. But if they catch you, they can fucking yeet you off the side of the map, which is also fucking cool. And then the I, the last thing I'll say is that they add little quirky uh, special balls. So there's like a football that's called the it's a sniper ball. Like the football like lines up a straight shot. You charge it, and when you throw it, it like sounds like a fucking gun. Fucking the whole the whole shit. That was a terrible gun sound. My mouth is very dry. Don't fucking judge me. Then you've got the multi-ball, which is three balls that you pick up and you can throw all three. It's great. It sounds like pinball when you hit people. Like the cha-chung, 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 cha-chung. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and then you've got a moon ball that gives you low gravity when you're carrying it. And when you hit people, sends them way up in the air, which is dope. Because then you can hit them in the air and they don't have anywhere to go. And then you've got a bomb ball that, guess what? Explodes. And a cage ball, which when you pick it up, it makes cop siren sounds. Whoop, whoop. And when you hit somebody with it, it locks them in a cage. And then you can grab them and just throw them off the map. And it's fucking great. Or you can, like, grab them and throw them at their own teammates. Or, in the case of a game we won last night, they can cage your buddy and you can grab your buddy. And then beat the shit out of them with the buddy they put in a cage. It's it's hilarious. Um, This game's dope, y'all. And it's free. It's on Game Pass right now. Uh, if you've got an Xbox or if you've got PC, it's on Game Pass. So fucking do it. Um, it's an EA game, but like, there's no microtransactions. I just lied to you. That's a bad thing. It's got microtransactions, but they're all cosmetic, and there's no loot boxes. You know exactly what you're getting when you get it. And honestly, the influx of shit you get as you level up, you don't even fucking need it. You get so much stuff, and all the stuff's really good. And I love it. And you'll love this game. If you like competitive anything, but doesn't feel like Call of Duty. Rocket League is what I brought up before. This game feels like a sport. This feels like it's very easily tailored to like, you know what? Let's turn this into a fucking... Let's turn this into a, a league. Like, it, it, it makes a ton of sense to do that. So, just dive in. Give it a shot. It's like super easy to get into. The tutorial is actually really smart and makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should do it. That's really all I want to talk about games-wise. I don't think I've played anything else. Like, I haven't had a long conversation on this podcast about Hades because nobody else on the podcast uh, ever watched Hades, which is a bummer. But, like, you know, that game's fucking incredible, and I don't need to tell you that because, like, the last year and a half has been every Game Awards show being like, hey, Hades fucking rips, and everyone being like, yeah, no, that's really good. Um... What else have I played? Nothing really. I mean, like, I've got Desperados 3 on my computer because I wanted, I played um, Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun, which was their previous game, and that game was fucking dope. It's like a stealth game to the max. RTS, camera angle, uh, isometric, I guess you would say. And you are moving ninjas and shit through, uh, through like, what the, what the fuck is the word I'm trying to say? Through like bases and castles and shit in the second one. In the previous game. This game is a Western game with the same idea and mechanics. It's got a really good UI built for like how to show you when you're be able when you're able to be seen or when you're able to be hidden or like what the conditions are. It's really cool. Uh and similar to Door Kickers, you can plan out the whole mission and then hit play. Or you could just kind of like go with it as it goes, which is also cool. Uh and the game has a mechanic built in that's like you should save 
which is um which is a topic of division for people because like maybe just like punish people for fucking up or save scum and never have to worry about it. It's fine. Uh, I brought up due process earlier. It's like Rainbow Six, but 16-bit, uh, and they've they've actively tried to get rid of the idea of like all of the shit that makes Rainbow Six untenable, like pixel peaking and fucking head peeking, all that dumb shit where like you're getting shot through a hole that like that gun. What? They they do their best to get rid of that. It's really creative. It's got a cool style. Um, you start in a van and it's full of equipment, but that equipment doesn't replenish. So if you take a bunch of it and everyone goes and dies. The next time you start, you don't have that shit. It's really cool. And I kind of think that's it. Rocket League's in a new season. I'm like 30 levels into that. I still love that game. Yeah. Oh, MLB The Show's out on fucking Xbox. That's probably the biggest thing that's happened game-wise for me so far this year. Playing through Mass Effect Trilogy. Uh, not as much, not as quickly as I'd like, but I am playing through it. And it's incredibly nostalgic and very, very welcome right now. But the biggest thing that I've been really enjoying that, you know, is outside of the three things I wanted to share today specifically is MLB The Show 21 on Xbox is sublime. Playing that game on a system with all my friends is great. I haven't played with people as often as I'd like because I haven't been on as much as I'd like because, you know, I've got a house guest right now and a young kid and things are just starting to return to normal. Uh, still, like baseball on Xbox is fucking great. I have a monitor now that's 2K and HDR, so I can play it in like a really, really good format. It looks great. I yeah, things are just kind of dope on the game front. Now, on the mental front, like I said, still working through some stuff, but that's fine. We're getting through it and things are looking up and like my schedule's opening back up to me being able to be on stream more often and being able to do this at the very least with me. Uh which I don't think this is terrible. If it's bad, tell me. Like, I get it. I'm boring. And I assume most of these won't be as informative or information-laden. But, uh, you know, like, there's there's, there's good things in the future, and I'm excited about that shit. Um, and to, to transition to that perfectly, this week is fucking E3, right? And last year, we didn't even have an E3. We had Summer Game Fest, though, and Summer Game Fest was dope. We also have Summer Game Fest this week. I'm talking very fast. I will relax. Summer Game Fest starts on Thursday. I'm going to pull up the schedules and shit so that I can, like, give everybody the best way to, like, keep track of this. Because it's kind of it's kind of dense. This this uh, time of the year is always, is always fucking dense. There's always a lot of stuff going on. And that's fine. I love it. But it also means that, like, trying to keep track of it's a pain in the ass. Do yourself a favor. Go to SummerGameFest.com. They've got a link that allows you to add all of the events to your calendar, whether you have an Android phone or an Apple phone. It is a blessing because you can effectively just kind of forget. And then it will just give you reminders when shit's going down. It's dope. But to give you all like the, the heads up of what's actually happening, the, the Summer Game Fest showcase itself, which is actually before E3, is Thursday at 1 central if you're on the west coast that means it's 11 a.m and if you're on the east coast that means it's 2 p.m 1 p.m central that's going to be all of the summer game fest stuff jeff Keeley hosting they've got performances from like weezer and japanese breakfast and something else someone else it's gonna be dope 
If you want to co-stream it, you can. The bands have already cleared the music for being co for being streamed, so you don't have to worry about copyright strikes and all that dumb shit that Twitch does because they want to protect music. Uh also, fun fact, then the first bit of news from from us, we are um like partnered co-streamers with Summer Game Fest. Now, this this isn't a huge deal. It's not like we're going to be on a list. We might be on a list. I don't think it is though. Uh, but we get to like put the Summer Game Fest badge in our stream. They've given us overlays to like make it clear that we're like a uh, we're a co-streamer that's like on board with them. Like they know we're there. Uh so that'll be cool. Like the I'll be streaming that on Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. Cannot wait. The the Jeff Keeley puts together amazing shows. That dude, that dude's hustle is fucking unmatched. It'll be dope. I can't wait to see what they do. Then, after that, I'll be co-streaming as much of this as I can. I don't know how much of it like is worth co-streaming, but we'll check it out and see what's going on. Um on the 11th, which is Friday, right? I can't do math. Today's Monday. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Friday. Sorry. Friday the 11th, Netflix is doing a gaming showcase. It's called Netflix Geeked Week. It's actually, it's, it runs the 7th through the 11th. But Jeff Keighley and the Summer Game Fest folks are doing a thing with them on Friday at 9 Pacific, which is 11 Central, 12 Eastern, uh, a.m. to p.m. So 11 a.m. 11 a. Central, 12 p.m. It's not late at night. It's in, right in the morning. No idea what that's going to be, but I've heard that Netflix is looking into doing more of uh, building games, like getting into game dev because of like the success of Bandersnatch and they had another they had another choose your own adventure style movie that they put out, I think, or show or something. Oh, there's a Bear Grylls survive show, survival show that like lets you make decisions. It's kind of cool. So they've they've seen some good things from that. So dope. Uh, later that day, so that starts at 9 Pacific, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. At 12 Pacific, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, PM, uh, the Coke primetime show is happening. Not C-O-K-E, Coke, German, K-O-C-H, Coke. Uh, Coke is a publisher that I didn't realize did a lot, but they do a fucking lot. Um, I want to look it up real quick, just to like give you guys a, an over. Coke Media is a German-Austrian media company in Höfen, Austria. Uh, and so, like, the games that come out of Coke, published by Coke, are, like, the Saints Row games. Uh, Maneater, Metro Exodus, Metro Last Light, Hunt Showdown, which is a dope battle royale. The Wasteland games are Coke published. King's Bounty, Gods Will Fall, Risen. So Coke Coke makes some stuff that, like, you didn't realize they they publish. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they have to say. That's going to be, like I said, on the 11th. That's the second one, the 11th. And then we get into the big shit. <clears throat> and I promise I'm getting ready to let you guys get back to your day. Are you ready for the big shit? Saturday, we have the Ubisoft Forward at noon Pacific, 2 Eastern. And then the Devolver Digital Annual Showcase at 1.30 Pacific, so 3.30 Central. Those are going to be dope. Ubisoft has some things that that they may be talking about that I'm super interested in. Hopefully they finally fucking announce Splinter Cell, but they probably won't. We're definitely going to see some more of what used to be Rainbow Six Quarantine, but you can imagine why they changed that to Rainbow Six Extraction. And then we'll see updates for Watch Dogs and hopefully the announcement of a new Assassin's Creed. I hope we get an Assassin's Creed this year. Uh, Valhalla was dope. I don't know if they had the gears turning early enough to have another one ready this year. 
I guess I'll wait another year, but like, I'd love for them to finally make, there's rumors that they're going to be in Persia. And based on the way the last Assassin's Creed ends, it would be really dope and would make a lot of sense if we like get to play Altair again and the series comes full circle. Who fucking knows? That's a huge announcement. And the fact that they've kept it quiet this long is either evidence that they're not doing it or that they're actually good at hiding a leak once. And I caution people in believing in the second one because the first one's far more likely. <laughs> Ubisoft leaks Assassin's Creed all the time. Devolver uh, is great. Devolver makes a, publishes a lot of indie games. That's the show that's after Ubisoft. A lot of cool stuff that they'll be coming out of that. I have no idea what any of it is because it's all indie. But like Devolver made Katana or published Katana Zero. That game fucking whips. Uh, they've also published, uh, I think they published Carrion. Like they make quirky indie games that fucking whip ass. The my my cut no, not my cousin Vinny. What the fuck? The game with the banana. The like basically Deadpool the game. My friend Pedro. That game's also a Devolver game. Like they make dope shit. It'll be fun to see what they have coming out. And their shows, if you watch for no other reason. Their shows are always fucking hilarious. They're so weird. Like last year's show started with like the host uh, ripping, like she ripped the the fucking throat out of a person. Like they're gory and weird and irreverent and it's great. So just do that. And then Sunday, June 13th. And for those of you listening that are in the St. Louis area, I'm going to, we're going to be hosting another like E3 party. Cause like we can do that again. Uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific noon central is the Xbox Bethesda showcase. And folks, they've set aside two hours before the next show, which makes me think that they're going to at least go 90 minutes. They may go the full two. They said they actually set aside two hours and 15 minutes. So if they go the full two, that gives you 15 minutes to make your way over to the Square Enix show at 1215 Pacific 215 uh, here in the central time zone. Xbox and Bethesda is going to be fucking great. And I have feelings that they are going to announce some shit that's going to make, I think Arthur G's on Twitter said this, like they're going to announce some shit that's going to make you feel like you have to have Game Pass. Like right now, I feel like a lot of people are happy that they, that they have it. But like to use Arthur G's words, like I feel like they're going to announce something that's going to make you feel like you're a dipshit if you don't have Game Pass. They're going to, they've, they keep, they keep pumping it up. We know that Bethesda's got some dope stuff coming. We know that a lot of the Xbox studios have been working nonstop for like three or four years to develop things. And we know that all of those things are coming out on Game Pass. So expect the Xbox and Bethesda conference that they are paired to really throw some heavy punches. They've got that, they've got that like they've got that wind up, they've got that momentum. Get ready for some fucking fists to land. I'm excited. We're gonna see more Halo because that game's coming out in this fall. So expect like maybe a multiplayer trailer because I've seen, I've seen screenshots and some slight and some like little mini, mini clips of footage from the multiplayer and it looks fucking schmaxy. Just yeah, it's going to be fucking dope. And immediately following that, like I said, just a moment ago, we got square Enix presents, which is uh, at two fifteen central twelve fifteen Pacific. I don't know why I'm not saying the Eastern time zone. Y'all fucking f forget about it. You'll figure it out yourself. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> Square Enix has got things listed. It says world premieres, dope. Updates and news from Square Enix, dope. New game announcements. Hear me out. I know for a fact one of the new games announcements is new game announcements is coming from Ados Montreal. Ados Montreal, most famously for me, <clears throat> outside of making Tomb Raider games, of course, 
made the Deus Ex games. And it's been five years since we got Deus Ex Mankind Divided. And that's part of a trilogy, the Adam Jensen trilogy, that leads up to the Deus Ex game that Warren Spector put, to, put out in the early 2000s with uh, JD, what's that guy's name? But anyway, the, the cult classic Deus Ex that these games are the prequel to, they have one more game to tie up that trilogy. And Ados Montreal makes those games. So, like, I'm crossing my fingers for a Deus Ex game. I would love to see Adam Jensen again. Adam Jensen's voiced by Elias Tufexis. Look him up on fucking Twitter. He's dope. He's working on a lot of cool shit. And his voice is unmistakable. That raspy, like, I never asked for this. I can't do it. That's just his natural fucking talking voice. Homie blessed. He's a great person, too. I would be do I would be so fucking excited if they announced another Deus Ex. What else could Square Enix announce? I don't know. We got Final Fantasy 15 last year. We'll probably see more. Or 16? 16. We'll probably see more of that. We know that's coming to PS5 and PC. I have a PC. I played on that. Um, and then following that, the last thing on Sunday is the Back for Blood showcase. So that starts at 2, p- 2 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. There, East Coasters, you're happy. Back for Blood is that game made by Turtle Rock Studios, the studio that made Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, um, and Evolve, which was a really dope asymmetrical multiplayer game that I don't think just got the adoption rate that it needed. But that game was really good and deserved a little bit more, a little more. Uh, but people still play it. I know for, I have a friend that still plays fucking Evolve, and that game came out in like 2014. So Back for Blood is their like spiritual successor to Left for Dead. It's got the four in the middle, Left, Four, Dead, Back, Four, Blood. It's a four-player co-op game fighting zombies with different classes. It looks fucking great. They just delayed it from June to like September or October, which is fine. I think Shigeru Miyamoto or somebody at Nintendo said a, uh, a delayed game is good eventually. A, a rushed game is bad always. So when you hear a game gets delayed, don't get upset. It's good, because that means they're waiting until it's finished. Unless you're CD Projekt Red, and you're run by shareholders that have their head up their asses and force you to put it out when it's not done. But most times when a game gets delayed, it's a good thing because it means they're waiting to finish it, not rushing it out like a weirdly polished and like sprinkles on top turd. After that, the week kind of opens up. This this The month kind of opens up, and that's fine. We're getting a Steam Next Fest, which is like a six-day demo-laden Steam event starting on June 16th. So that's next, what, uh, Wednesday? And that's going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific, um, noon Central, and 1 Eastern. Who knows what we're going to get there? Uh, probably a bunch of dope shit. The, the, the ability for these studios to put out demos so that they can like let people actually try them instead of just showing them to them, very cool. And I appreciate that. The age of technology that we live in allows that to happen a lot more. So expect to see that more. People to announce things and be like, get the demo now. Or because you watched, you have access to the demo. Things like that. It's really cool to see that stuff happen. Um, on the 23rd of June, which is completely separate from everything, but Summer Game Fest does its shit on its own schedule. There is a uh, Sonic Symphony Orchestra at noon Pacific, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, where an orchestra is going to perform music from the 30-year history of Sonic. Um, in an event that's specifically for Summer Game Fest. So Summer Summer Game Fest. So 
Like Sonic's the shit. I was a Sega kid. I've said this before on the podcast. I've had said it in conversations before. There's a there's a divide, right? When you were younger, you were a Nintendo kid or a Sega kid. For those of us that are like older than 25, where you know the systems that you started with were likely Sega or or um, Nintendo. That's crazy because like my kids are gonna have Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, but not like the Nintendo that you know what I mean. Sega's not even a fucking the hardware developer anymore. It's crazy. Anyway, there's a divide when you were a kid and born in the like 80s and 90s where you had a Nintendo, so you got into Nintendo stuff, or you had a Sega, so you got into not Nintendo stuff, which is, that's the divide. You didn't get into Sega stuff. You got into stuff that wasn't Nintendo. Um, famously Mortal Kombat, and it's like violence, that's gore code that you could put in so that it was bloody. That was a Sega thing, not a Nintendo thing. Nintendo didn't allow it. And so like, <clears throat> I got a Sega which is why I don't have any attachment to anything Nintendo. Like Mario Kart, fun. I'll play it. Mario Party, I will lose friends over it, but I'll still play it. But like Zelda, I don't have a huge attachment to because like I never really had a system to play those games and therefore like didn't form that attachment. Star Fox was dope. I loved that game, but like also didn't like pursue it. And in my defense, Nintendo kind of fucked it up with, with Star Fox Adventures or whatever it was called. You know, the game that was supposed to be about the, the female character that they then said people wouldn't buy a game with a female character and then made her a damsel in distress instead. Good job, 90s Nintendo. You nailed it right on the head. Um, yeah, so, you know, like, I was never a Nintendo kid. Sonic was my shit, though. Like, the first system I got was the Sega Genesis. I got Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. I got the, the Sonic that had the thing that opened in the top that lets you put another game into it so that you could play all the Sonic that Sonic maybe one levels with Knuckles. I don't remember how exactly it worked. It was fucking 20 years ago. But Sonic's my shit. So listening to Sonic music, fuck yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah, let's go. Um, That's, again, sorry, the 23rd at noon Pacific, 2 Central. And then the last thing that's on the list, and this shit's wild to me. EA likes to do its own shit sometimes, but this is like on a different level. It's own shit. EA Play, which is like the name of their fucking subscription service, but also the name of their like summer event. So it's confusing and fucking stupid. God, naming conventions in these tech companies is so bad. The Xbox series, fuck you. Name it something that's easier to follow. So EA Play Live is... I'm making sure that I've got this right because it's supposedly, yeah, no, it's not this month. It's July 22nd. So like everyone else is going to announce their shit. EA is going to take a month and be like, We're, we'll get to you. We'll, we'll get back to you. We're going to do it when you stopped thinking about all the cool shit you saw in June, which may be really smart if they don't have much to announce. But, you know, who knows? So EA Play Live is going to be in July. Look for, I don't know. What is EA making that? I mean, we might see some stuff out of Mass Effect. We might see some stuff out of Dragon Age. Bioware's been busy on both of those things. We might see a new Need for Speed because I know that that's now like the, the EA bought Codemasters. So like them making a Need for Speed game or a Burnout game makes sense and would be fucking lit. Outside of that, though, I have no clue what to look for from EA. Um, because we know for a fact that, and the thing I forgot, it's actually before this, 
on Wednesday the 9th, not the 10th when the Summer Game Fest starts. On Wednesday the 9th, we've got the um, Battlefield reveal, the new Battlefield reveal. I think that's at 9. I'm pretty sure that's at 9. I'm going to check it out and make sure. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we're getting a Battlefield 6, whatever they call it. It should just be called Battlefield. Fuck numbers. It's just Battlefield now. Um, I'm looking real quick. It's, of course, there's not a... Okay, so June 9th. Yes, Wednesday, June 9th, 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Central. Fucking get in on that because it's going to be dope. I'm super excited about what this next Battlefield is going to look like. It's going to be Modern Warfare. We know that for a fact. They said they're doing some things with destruction that they've never been able to do before thanks to the new systems. But we also know that's releasing on both. So who actually knows? But yeah, check that out. So everything's kind of getting started on Monday, Wednesday at 9 a.m. here in Central 7 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. I don't know why they did that. That's mean. But yeah, it's fucking E3 week, y'all. I'm excited. Oh, and my last announcement. Because I said the first one, the first one is that we're partnered with Summer Game Fest to be able to co-stream it as like an official co-streamer of them. The second one is your boy got press credentials to E3. So in the coming week and a half, hopefully I will be able to do interviews with some people that are like participating in the E3 festivities. And uh, I'll be able to like get you guys some content of like interviews or maybe some like I'll actually get some hands on with some stuff that I'll be able to talk about. E3 is weird and in a weird place right now. So who knows what it's going to look like. But I'm excited that, like, I've got those credentials for the first time. Getting that confirmation, like, lifted my mood for the rest of the day. It was incredible. And, yeah. So I'll be co-streaming, like I said, on Thursday for sure. The Battlefield announcement on Wednesday at 9. I hope to be also co-streaming that and talking about it afterwards and then rolling right into a stream following it. I will stream before we co-stream the Game Awards, or the Game Awards, sorry, Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keighley is just in my brain. I will be streaming before Summer Game Fest on Thursday, so look out for that. Probably playing some tactical games or some Mass Effect, Phantom Brigade or Mass Effect. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Or baseball, because whatever. And then, again, Saturday, probably not going to co-stream Ubisoft and uh, Devolver. But Sunday, we are going to do, um, if you're a St. Louis listener, if you're a St. Louis area listener, we're going to do a barbecue um, at my house and a big viewing party. I'm going to ship the wife and kids off to the in-laws so we have the house to ourselves and we can party. Uh, loud music, all that shit. It's going to be dope. Hop in our Discord <clears throat> if you want to communicate uh, interest to in being at that. And uh, yeah, let's have a good fucking E3, everybody. Thanks for hanging out and still being around when I came back to finally record again. Thanks for putting up and listening to me talk for an hour and 10 minutes because I'm insufferable. And of course I talked that long. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm working on it y'all. And like, I'm working on it because I want to work on it. Not because other people think that I should do something. This is what I want to do. This is why I do it because I want to do it. And I'm going to make that work. And I'm going to make that work despite the haters or the detractors or the people that may say negative Nellies and all that dumb shit. I'm going to keep doing it. I used to have a sign off that was Dr. Seuss, but fuck that guy. <laughs> so instead, thanks to Monster Cat for our music, the song that we use is called On My Way Up by Conroe. It's fucking dope. I've had it since 2016. Wanted to use it for a long time. And now I'm using it for this. And I love it. 
Again, Monster Cat, the the songs by Conroe, C-O-N-R-O, On My Way Up. If you want to find anything out about that, go to monstercat.com. They've got all the shit there. Uh, and then if you want to follow anything that I'm doing, follow me at LoveWub, L-U-B-W-U-B, everywhere that it's important. That's, you know, Xbox, Twitter, Instagram, the places where people do things. I don't post on Instagram. Follow me on Xbox or Twitter. That's it. I don't do shit on Instagram because, like, I've only got so much bandwidth. And then if you want to follow anything that the website does, you know, go to nerdybits.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at nerdy underscore bits. We tweet some. I'm going to be tweeting more from the Nerdy Bits account. And that's also where you find out stuff about the Nerdy Bits show and where you get updates from when we stream when we go live. Unless you hit that, you smash that subscribe button on Twitch and then you get told by Twitch when we go live. Regardless, again, thank you for listening. I will be back soon this week to talk about shit and then I'll record another podcast next week. I promise. We'll have a lot of shit to talk about. I guarantee it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And I will see you live later this week. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.